2: Pack-a-day podcast. Welcome back Packers fans to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is almost the weekend. It is the Thursday edition of your Pack-A-Day podcast. The trio is back together. I'm back with the group I missed last week. Thank you for holding it down. Gentlemen, I am Jason Perrone of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Game on, Wisconsin, and the Quicksilence podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Bredel of Dairyland Express Cheesehead TV and his Packers Unrestricted YouTube show, gentlemen. Thanks so much again for locking it down, guys. Do we have any? Do we have any uh, overseas? Anybody got overseas weather? I don't think you guys did. Did you? Not
1: here, and we so, know Mark didn't.
2: So we're starting on the beach with um. Mark Eckel Myrtle Beach. <laughs> what is happening? Is it rain or shine? <laughs>
3: well it's been beautiful i mean perfect for like the last i don't know how many days uh today thursday as you listen to us it is we are supposed to get a little bit of rain which isn't the worst thing in the world i got to tell you when it's that nice every like you know like i need a day to get some stuff done <laughs> and when it's so nice out i don't get anything done because i'm i'm on the beach or i'm at the pool so a little bit of rain today will allow me to like get some laundry done and and do some other things around the house that need to get done. So that, that's a good thing.
2: That is a good thing. All right, very good. And then heading over to the Dairyland state of Wisconsin, where there will be a huge frenzy as the schedule, the NFL schedule, comes out later today. Even though it's <laughs> practically all out, if if not already. Paul Breitler, how are we looking <laughs> in beautiful Green Bay?
1: Well, we bypassed spring already. It's summer. So uh, we've, had our, we've had our tornado watch. It's 90 and humid, so yeah, summer's here.
2: Jeez, it's quick. Geez. skipping <laughs> wow. right over it there. You're warmer than we are. Yeah,
1: spring was non spring was non-existent,
2: non-existent. Well, you'll still get one more snow before the end of the month, so don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're actually warmer. <laughs> so you're
2: warmer than Phoenix right now, 88 degrees, but it's the last day in the 80s for a while. It's going to be in the high 90s, and then we get up over into triple digits over the weekend into the early part of next week. Of course, nothing but sunshine and heat. As always, and then our friend Harry in Kamloops, Canada, woke up to snow on the mountaintops earlier this week. said, after seeing some of the footage of Rookie Minicamp, I see our trees have nevertheless budded much more than the foliage in Green Bay. So Harry's checking out the background on some of those photos. So high of 63, low of 41. Showers at night might be the first mow of the season if the rain ever stops one of these nights. So breaking out the mower. Paul, have you broken out the mower?
1: I did uh, this uh, past Sunday. Oof.
2: Once it comes out, that's it. It's it's, it's, uh, not not until winter.
1: I basically basically swap out the snowblower for a lawnmower. There we
2: go. All right. Well, the schedule, the NFL schedule came out. But before we get to that, Paul, you had so aptly noticed and announced and mentioned that there was a signing by the Green Bay Packers earlier this week. Take it away.
1: Yeah. So they had. At Rookie Minicamp, they had 89 players on the roster, and they signed, I think on Monday, one of the tryout players, Kobe Jones, edge rusher uh, from Mississippi State. He was a 2020 undrafted rookie. So I put them at 90, but as Brian Gudikins often says, roster building is a 365-day-a-year job. So on Wednesday, they would sign tight end Eli Wolf, and since they were already at 90 players, that meant that they had to cut someone, so they cut wide receiver Chris Blair, Uh, He was a 2020 undrafted rookie from Alcorn State. Spent most of 2021 on the Packers practice squad. Uh, But I have an article about Wolf up over at Daryland Express you can check out. But a little bit about him. Uh, He was an undrafted rookie in 2020. He spent some time with Baltimore and Indianapolis. Doesn't have any regular season NFL snaps. His final year of college was at Georgia the previous three years before that. He played at Tennessee, and he wasn't used very much in the passing game. During his first three years at Tennessee, he only had 10 targets. His final year at Georgia was his most productive from a pass-catching standpoint, 13 catches on 21 targets, almost 15 yards per catch, and a touchdown with 60% of his snaps coming in the slot. But what's really noteworthy about him, and these, these numbers are from Pro Football Focus, but of his 751 career college snaps, 408 of them came as a run blocker. So he was used heavily in those blocking hmm. situations. We all know how important that is. And for what it's worth, uh, he was the 14th highest graded uh, run blocking tight end that 2019
2: season. Okay.
1: Like, all of right. his 219 career special team snaps. So
3: Very interesting. So what does this mean, Paul? Yeah, exactly. What does this mean? I mean, they, they now have eight tight ends, if, if my account's correct. Eight tight ends. Now... You know, they have a lot of extra, a lot of things, but eight tight. They picked up another tight end. So there's something there's either. I don't know. You tell me. I know you wrote about this already, right?
1: Yeah. So I wrapped up the article speculating, as we like to do, um, because like you said, Mark, there's eight tight ends and. When we look at the 2022 roster, we know who those spots are going to go to. And, in fact, they might have to make a difficult cut depending on whether they want to keep four or five tight ends because they have Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, and Dominic Daphne. And I throw Tyler Davis in there because Duggan spoke pretty highly of him after the draft. So he's someone that should certainly be on your radar for making the roster. And once Tunyon's fully healthy, that gives them five tight ends. Are they going to keep five? Or are they going to keep four? You know that's a bridge we'll have to cross when we get there. So for this season, you know the tight end room is fine. It's not as if Eli Wolf's going to push for a roster spot or anything. But my thought was if we look ahead to 23, 2023, Gore is the only tight end under contract at that time. So this could be Green Bay just, you know, planning to, you know, create some back end of the roster competition. Maybe stash a few on the practice squad, you know, guys that they can develop over the next year and. You know, again, not that I'm predicting Eli Wolf's going to be a game changer or even make the roster in 2023. But that's really the only thing that I could kind of derive from, you know, the signing, because, you know, sometimes you look at a position, and you go, oh, that's a thin position. They just need guys to get through training camp. But like you said, Mark, that wasn't the case at tight end.
3: No, they, and they've added a couple since the season. They, they added the um, who's the guy they added like a couple months ago. And they had, they added somebody sure. that's been around that's bounced around.
1: Oh, because uh, that's a Mac. Yes. From Notre not Dame. Again, not a
3: game changer by any means, but a guy that they sought out and he was available and they and they signed him. It. I mean, I, I don't want to be pessimistic by any means, but are they more worried about Tunyon than they're letting on? Is it is it possible that he's not going to be ready till? Late late in the season and that's and that's part of it or possible, but I I would think if I think
2: for Tunyon, if if you're concerned about Tunyon, you're not gonna sign a guy like like Wolf. I think you'd have to try you'd have to try I mean maybe it's for now, but you'd have to try to make a move to mitigate that later, maybe, or try to find some value. Packers have a ton of money to play with. like,
3: Like trading for Waller? Which was rumored.
2: <laughs> Well, that's that's pie in the sky. I mean, that would be a, a that would that would no. that would be absolutely attacking the tight end position for sure. I don't know if they can. They well, can I mean, pull they, it off, they but... tried
3: to do that. I mean, if, right. if the reports are accurate, I think they are. Right. They wanted. A, they didn't want a one and a two. They wanted a one and Waller. Right. But they couldn't. They weren't allowed to do it. And then they thought about trading a two back for Waller, and the Raiders didn't want to do it. So I mean, I'm just concerned that, or maybe it's like Paul says to me, you know. Lewis is going to be this, this. is it for him, right? He, he's not. He's not playing past this year. I'm, I'm shocked he's even playing this year, and maybe he's not. I mean, not all, Who knows?
1: And from a skill set standpoint, again, not that I'm predicting Mac or Wolf are going to be roster guys in 2023. They have a lot to prove between now and then. But if DeGore is your H back, Max your move tight end, your pass catcher, and then you have uh, Wolf, more of that blocking option i mean they're from that standpoint they're kind of rounding out the tight end position just in terms of skill set again for whatever that may or may not mean
3: it just i just found that when i saw that i was like another tight end wow i mean and then who knows like again they bring bodies in sometimes because and well here's another factor that we should be talking about how good or how good are any of these guys on special teams because i think we're seeing we're going to see we already we've already seen some emphasis put on signing guys that can be good on special teams. Now, again, I don't know if Wolf mm-hmm. or Mac or any of these guys can can or are good at special teams, but a lot of times your backup tight ends are, are good special teams players.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and remember the uh, they I know this was back in the McCarthy days, but I think it stands to reason for any NFL roster. Linebackers and tight ends have the ideal physical makeup and body type to play special teams. So it makes sense mm-hmm. if those guys can, can flourish. I mean, Tyler Davis was, was kind of this guy where you take a flyer on him, and Okay. He got into a couple of games and contributed a little bit. He wasn't very good, but he made, he still played a couple snaps. So if the Packers can find a diamond in the rough here, I mean, this is where, where they, they started with Tunyon. So this is kind of their approach. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, there's, there's more that's going to happen with the roster over the summer and after June 1st and all this other stuff too. And the training camp comes up quickly in July. I mean, it's insane. I keep thinking this is training camp is so far away and the season just ended. But nope, here we are in the middle of May already. I mean, it's almost yeah. been four months since the Packers have played a football game. Speaking of which, guys, let's let's get uh, dive okay. into the schedule. And Mark, as always, this is my my favorite part is, is the stories uh, with regards <laughs> to the schedule and traveling. So what I thought we would do is, go through what we know so far. And obviously by the time listeners are listening to this, there's going to be more that's going to have come out and the, the leaks always come out on game day. And so by the time the schedule actually gets announced per se, by the everybody time knows. that the NFL, everybody already knows about it. And Mark, I know you have your thoughts on, on the NFL and the announcing of the schedule, because it has changed a lot since you were covering the league and years and years ago to now where it's an actually a, it's, it's an event.
3: Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, let me start let we'll start now yeah what the? and god bless the nfl i mean really i i mean it's the only sport where they're non non non-football non-playing events outside other sports i mean the nfl draft kills the nba playoffs unbelievable doesn't, yeah it doesn't make sense but it does i mean more weight it kills it. More way more people watch the NFL draft than a, than an NBA playoff game or an NHL playoff game or a regular season baseball game. It does. It's it's insane. The sketch, I mean, now now they have it. It's an event where the schedule comes out and they yeah. leak them out here to, and 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 people die and they love it. it. It's it's it just cracks me up. But God bless them. I mean, they're they know what they have and they just and they take advantage of it and good for them. <laughs> um, but I can I, well, I go away. when I first start covering because the league. Now this was interesting because and I'm going way back like I said before we started Jason, you I don't know if you were born or you you may have been like running around in knickers. Um and Paul's Paul's par- not only wasn't Paul born, I'm not sure his parents knew each other yet. <laughs> I'm going back to the 80s here, okay? So um you didn't not only I mean th- the way the schedule was announced was the PR guy there was no email or anything. The PR guy called you Hey, Mark, it's Ron, it's, it's Ron Howard. Uh, I, I got our schedule. We're playing the Giants. We opened the Giants. We played the Cowboys, the Bears, the Red, blah, blah. We didn't even, but at that time when he called, and it was it was before May. It, this was it, it probably came out around March, I'm going to say. We didn't know, like, we've known who the Packers are going to play since the day after the regular season ended, right? We knew mm-hmm. who oh, and wow. and where. We just didn't know when. Yeah. back then you didn't know mm-hmm. you didn't know who i mean you knew i knew the eagles were playing the cowboys the redskins and the giants and i guess the cardinals were in the division then, mm-hmm. then as well mm-hmm. so i knew those mm-hmm. eight games but we had no idea who the yeah. other eight games were going to be none we had you had no clue and I, I there was no formula There was just i don't know how they did it they drew, drew teams in the computer and it popped out and that's who i guess that's It wasn't based off strength of schedule. There was nothing. It was just very random. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of fun because especially as a writer traveling, you know, to cover games, I didn't know if we were going to Florida to out to, you know, California or staying nearby to go to Baltimore and and Pittsburgh. I mean, you just didn't know. So that was kind of fun. And as a, and then as a fan too, you didn't know who your team was playing. So it was, kinda, it, was, it was very, very, very different. There was a mystery and, uh, to it. Now it's a formula. Yeah, now it's yeah. just a matter of when. You know who mm-hmm. and where. You just don't know when. Yep. Um, so it was kind of cool. And again, I, I'll, I'll throw my little personal note in there. You know, there, there was a bunch. The Eagles had the biggest traveling um, group of writers as, of, of any team in the league. And I think there was like at one point 11, not even counting like columnists and TV and radio, just 11 beat guys that traveled. And at, the, at that time, there was, like, most other teams had maybe three or four. So we had the largest traveling party. And I was the only one that was happy when the, when the Eagles were playing at Green Bay. <laughs> right. Nobody went to go oh, Green Bay. Oh, I'm, and, I, and, and I'd be there like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Green Bay. Not <laughs> okay, even for the food? The <laughs> no, they just didn't want it. It was cold and small town and hard to get. Well, a lot of guys, let me tell you this. Most of the writers, at least the Philly writers, didn't even stay in Green Bay. They would stay in. A lot of them would stay in Milwaukee. Drive and ma- and make that early oh. morning drive, especially oh. if the game was like a four o'clock game. I never did that. No, I wanted to stay in Green Bay. I wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. I wanted to go to. um, what Was that bar Fuzzy Thurston's bar? And 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 you mm-hmm. know, but, but but I was a Packer fan from the time I was five. So I I looked at it a little differently than than the rest of the guys that were. Uh, shoot, we gotta go to Green Bay. I was hoping, I was hoping we went to Tampa Bay, you know. Stuff hey, like listen, that. Mark,
2: so, and you know this too, and Paul, you know this. In in September, you get some games that are like 90, 95 plus, and it's hot and it catches some of those road teams off guard.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
2: I mean, obviously, I know when they say cold, they're talking about November, December, January. Obviously, they're not saying, but, you know, just a quick point here where everyone's like, oh, you know, you don't want to avoid the hot games and and going to Florida and and early in the season. Listen, some of those games in Green Bay, those home games early on, if you catches the weather just right, it can be very hot and humid, humid, hot and humid as well. In fact, the Packers will open on the road. We don't know who the opponent is yet as of as of recording. We can probably
3: figure it out, though, right? Can we figure it out?
2: Uh, well, here's what I have so far. I'll just go through, I'll go through that and then we can bounce it around. So there's a road game week one. They've got the, the bears are at, at green Bay Sunday night football week two. I don't have week three yet. Pat, the Packers are in green Bay week four. And then in week five, the Packers go to London. They, they host the Giants. Now, apparently from what I've read, the team opted not to take the bye week after the London game, so they will play Week Six. It sounds like it's going to be a home game, and it's likely to be the Jets.
1: And, and Week Four in, is New England.
2: Uh, week Four is New England, right? Pats at Packers. Week Four—that's the week before the the London game—and then, um, and then in Week Ten, I've got the Cowboys coming to Green Bay. Now that was uh, announced by the team's tw- uh, account. Ahead. We know that right. that came out yes. That came out on Wednesday, so um, or uh, Tuesday. So. Cowboys Packers late afternoon, November 13th. And that, then the short week, they'll host the Titans on uh, Thursday Night Football that week, that Thursday. And then um, at the end of the season, the Rams are are in Green Bay for Monday Night Football on December 19th. And the last three games are uh, Packers at Dolphins on Christmas Day. So they get they get some warm weather for Christmas. And then they host the Vikings on New Year's Day. And they finish up hosting the Lions at Lambeau Field in Week 18. So, if you want so to try know, to
3: so basically, we know all the home games. We, don't, we the only road game we, we know is at Miami. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we have no idea where they're going on opening day. How about the the last games with the Lions? Huh. Mm-hmm. That's the sixth time in seven years that they've ended the season with the Lions.
2: Sounds good. It's just wild.
3: That's just kind of wild. Isn't
2: they it? need to win that last game. I like the chances.
3: They they haven't always won that last game though. But well, I mean, last, they, yeah, la- they last year, they
2: didn't Last year, Jordan right. Love, if Tyler Davis would have caught a football, who knows? I, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. They, they didn't, care. Again, they didn't and,
1: care. And again, three, at least what we know right now, week 15 to 18, three of the last four are at Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. Always a good thing. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised the bye isn't after London. I would have. Well, the team I might yes, might I have agree. might
2: have opted because it was so because it's so early in the season. They might have said we'd rather have it later, even though that's going to be a tough turn.
3: It's a really tough yeah. Time. I mean, there are buys going on that week, though. It's not like it's that early where you know there's there there, there will be teams will be having a buy that week.
2: Well, we. So I
3: I'm curious if the Giants will have a buy.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, well we know. Uh, I'm just looking at the AFC opponents. Uh, we only have uh three of the four so the Bills could be the opening that could be Packers that Bills to open up the season and that wouldn't be the first Ooh. the la- that wouldn't be the first time the the Packers opened up in Buffalo i think it was in 98 or or something like that or maybe it was in 2000 they the Packers opened up in Buffalo one season and it was shortly after the uh, 96 championship so it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first time now if they win the game that will be the first time the Packers are winless in Buffalo ever that's not good. So they go back to <laughs> they go back to Buffalo for the first time since twenty fourteen. And that was a pivotal game that season because they lost to the Bills and They played
3: the second game of the year in two thousand at Buffalo. Like I can't find an opener.
2: No, Buffalo. maybe it wasn't the opener then. Maybe it was week two.
3: They lost uh twenty seven to eighteen. It's a weird score. <laughs> um because
2: I know that, and I know they finished, I know they ended the, the 97 season against the Bills. That was at, at Lambeau Field. They had a late game in 2002 yep. against Buffalo. That was also at Lambeau.
3: They uh, won both of them. They won that one 10-0 in 2002.
2: 2006, they lost uh, at, at Buffalo. I mean, anytime they played at Buffalo, we know they lost because they haven't won there.
3: That's, that, that's the third AFC site that they're not. They never won in Indianapolis either. Yeah, and they they only won a couple times in Cincinnati, including last year, and they had to go overtime to do it.
2: Well, they do well in week. They usually do well in week one. The Packers do it historically. So if something's got to give if they get the Bills in week one. They either start zero and one, or they sound, break the. That's trend. a good.
3: That's a that's a good opener. I mean, that's a that's a marquee game. That'll be that'll be a 4 that That'll be a you know a late game three and three for you guys. Potential or Super Bowl or future, matchup. But. I mean, two high-profile teams, yep. two high, two high-profile quarterbacks. Yeah, that's a possibility. What would what would the the other possibilities be? I guess any. It, it could be a division game. It could be Vikings Bears. Well, I think the the, I think
2: Green Bay is at Washington at some point this weekend. So or at this season that weekend. <laughs> if it was this weekend, that'd be great. I miss Packer football, <laughs> but yeah, they're at Washington. So that's one game mm-hmm. they they have to work in there somewhere. Are, uh, are
3: they at Philly this year? Yes. Right.
2: Uh, I believe so because last time Philly was uh, the Thursday night game they played at Green Bay. So
1: and what we rotate. know so far, what we know so far, Jason, it's their home versus the Jets week six, and their home versus Dallas week ten. And presumably, I think we know all the home <coughs> games. So does that mean right. three straight road games, seven, eight, nine?
2: There'll be a bye. Well, maybe a bye, a bye. week in there on, no,
3: on week nine or seven or eight. Yeah. Well, when is the the London game? Is is week five, right? Week five, October ninth. Yep. And then and then Jets week six. Mm-hmm. Yep. They might give them the bye week seven. Then you got to give them a they, yeah. Yep. They gotta. And I, then eight
2: and, nine, eight, eight and nine would be yeah. They could be on, on the, the road on somewhere. the road too. But to end with three of the last four at home. That's 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 I like how that sets up.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. And three to four division games too, as well, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the, who's the one? The one non-division game is the Dolphins. Dolphins. The Dolphins are yep. they're going to be better this year. I, I think that's a team to watch out for.
2: Well, and then and late in the season, teams know who they are. They've they've gotten hot. You know, week one, the first couple of weeks of the season. I mean, look what happened week one last year. You get all exactly. these weird anomaly situations in teams, is especially with the no preseason and not a lot of work that the team doesn't put a lot of teamwork in before they start the season.
3: Right, week one has become the 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 last preseason game in a in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. You <laughs> right. know, it's just it counts, but it's not well played by by a lot. And I shouldn't say some teams already, some teams that you know, it depends on how you treat preseason. The teams that treat preseason play their starters and 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 look at you know, it's, and it's usually younger coaches so a, a, a lot of times um, first. Second-year coaches that really want to see what they have, so they they play their guys more sometimes in, in preseason, and then they're they're obviously they're more prepared to play that first week. You know, Green Bay didn't play well. I mean, it, it's not a surprise if they don't play well in the opener because they don't play anybody at all in preseason. They just don't. And then there's good and bad to look at that. I mean, you know, I'm not going to rip them for doing that because that's their philosophy. They'd rather stay healthy right um, so you know but the Packers you know. have and, and and as far
2: as the um the the strength of schedule Green Bay is kind of in the middle of the pack if you if you just base it off of the winning percentage from last year they, they think they ranked 22nd in strength of schedule, the Vikings have a slightly tougher, and it was funny. Did you guys see that uh, conversation on, on social media about why do the Vikings always end yeah. up with a tougher strength of schedule? And it's like, well, because yeah. the Packers don't have to play themselves twice. Like the Packers,
3: right. The Packers are playing the Vikings who, who were under 500. And yeah. the Vikings are playing the Packers who were 13 and four. Well, that's why twice. Right. That, yeah. Right. But the um, schedule is a very, I, I, it's another thing that I, I hate. Because you're is off last year, so look. So when the Packers were playing the Bengals a year ago, when we were talking about talking about their quote-unquote strength of schedule, oh well, they had the Bengals. They were four and twelve. Well, the Bengals won the AFC last year, so right. obviously that was a tougher game. And so you don't know year to year, especially now with all the movement that goes on in the NFL these days. A team that was bad last year might not be bad this year, and a team that was good last year might fall apart this year. Right. So you don't know. You just don't know. No, it's I strange. do think
1: that they are going to have a stretch of three road games because weeks seven, <laughs> seven, eight, nine are blank, right? And we have all the home teams. And weeks twelve, thirteen, fourteen are blank, and we have all the home teams. So even if you throw a buy in there, one of those stretches is going to stay. So, right? Do we have that all that the home games.
3: We don't have the. Do we have the Vikings at home? Yeah, that's that's late, right?
2: That's late. Yep. Yeah, we have the – well, we have the, the division. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if we've got necessarily all all of them because we host – Yeah, a, we have eight home,
1: home games, the international game, and then one road. So that's all the home games.
3: Wow. I see. There's no reason to make a They're going to have three on the road games. in a row. There's no reason to do that. Okay. No kidding. See, I've volunteered more than once to, to do the NFL schedule, and I never hear back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because uh, there's certain things that should never happen, and I know it from from gambling more than anything else. But you never make a team play like always bet against a team playing their third straight road game. Right. And it's not perfect, but you're going to win okay. a lot more than you lose.
2: Right. Yeah. And then
3: always, and I don't. And here's another thing that that should never happen: you should never have to travel after a Monday night game. But some teams that bear you know, undoubtedly through this course of the season, it'll happen five, six, seven times. And it shouldn't. If you're if you play Monday night, you should be home the next week or on a body next week. Either one. Another thing that they, that I'm I'm totally against is having to leave leave your time zone for a Thursday night game.
2: Yeah, that's yeah.
1: True. Those should always be like
3: there's, divisional. <laughs> there's enough. There's enough close to and even if not divisional, you know the Eagles could play the Steelers. The Eagles could play the Ravens. The the Washington could play the Ravens. Green Bay. Well, Green Bay could play Chicago, Detroit, and they—I they, guess that's the only divisional games they could. I mean, only even Kansas. Well, they don't play Kansas City every year, but a team like that don't like Green Bay. And God, that was a great game, and they won it. But them going to Arizona on a for a Thursday night game was not fair. It just wasn't fair. Right. Well, they came out winning. It would got you know give them all the credit for that.
2: Well, check check this out. The Seahawks this season are set to travel twenty nine thousand four hundred and forty six miles and cross thirty four time zones throughout the twenty twenty two season. And then there's the the I think it's the Steelers. The Steelers just by virtue of how the schedule worked out, they don't even leave the Eastern time zone. The whole season. The whole season. Wow. I don't know what their total mileage means, is, but it's see,
3: it's, it's I'm cra- yeah. You, that stuff that means something. Mm-hmm. That really means something. I you I mean, uh, wow, that, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They're going to be better than people think. The Eagles. I'll bring this up to you. Two years ago, no, no this this past year, this past season, twenty twenty the season that just ended. Everybody raved about how the Eagles. Oh, they started so poorly, and they really got hot at the end, and they. They went on a roll. And they made the playoffs, and they did. And, and good for them. To, you know, good for Jalen the, the, Hurts. You know, the coach Sirianni. But they got They they never they didn't get on a plane. They got on a plane once. The last, I believe, eight weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. That means something. People don't understand that. That means something. They were they were home. I think they I think they had a bye. They were home four times, and they went to. The Meadowlands twice to play the Giants and Jets and down to Washington to to play Washington. So that believe me, as someone that that traveled for God knows how many years and, I, and again I, I wasn't playing, obviously. but I was tired it, when it when when you're when you're on the road like three straight weeks, it it takes the toll on you a little bit. and I, and I'm not like I said I wasn't even playing. I'm just writing. I wasn't on a nice chartered flight either, but still traveling takes something out of you it really does and um to play like i said three straight games or to travel on a thursday travel far on a thursday is just unfair advantage to the to the, uh, to the home teams
4: right
2: well there's there's always going to be something i mean i've i've seen packers teams in the past that have survived what seems like a conundrum on their schedule in the middle of the season and you look at it and you kind of think about oh they've got a tough stretch to end the season or uh, tough road stretch against some really tough road opponents, and it's just life in the NFL. And and there was a uh, the NFL explained podcast, and they were talking about how the schedule is made. I mean, could you just just imagine that you've got you've got thirty two venues and all of the different special events and requests that the venues have, and the Live Nation for you know, hey, we got this concert going on in this, so don't schedule a, a home game at this time. And they have got to consider not just the NFL venue, but if there's one nearby and for parking and logistics, like it is just an insane undertaking. Like Mark, I don't know how anybody would, would want to volunteer for that, but that just seems like there isn't an algorithm. (laughs) I don't know if there's an algorithm out there that would make it easy enough to want to put all of that together. It just, it just, it just seems crazy. Paul, are you (laughs) going to go to any of these um, soccer matchups or special events at, at Lambeau that are coming up this year?
1: Ah uh, no, unfortunately, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get to any of that. The game that I do have circled, though, it's got to be Cowboys-Packers, right? Yeah. Mike McCarthy's return home.
2: Yeah, that's the one I'll probably end up. Com- that's probably a- the probably hope- one I'll end up coming to. I
1: hope he gets the loudest standing ovation when Mike left, I really, really wanted to root for him, like an old Packer, you know, any of the old players. I was hoping he was going to go to the AFC, so I could genuinely root for him because. of... Uh, Everything that he had done here during his time, fortunately he's in Dallas, so it's not easy to do so. But I hope he gets the biggest stand and ovation from Lambeau when he does return.
2: Well, he get one from I me when the game is over and the coaching. Packers have won the game.
3: No way. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's it's Week Ten. I hope he's still coaching the Cowboys in Week Ten. Yeah, that's
2: true. <laughs> I mean, seriously,
3: No, I mean, I I'm I'm half kidding, but if they start poorly, I, Gary could have the finger on the on on the trigger there, right? I mean. He has Kellen Moore waiting in the wings, right? Or Dan I mean, I maybe
1: mean, they know. kept they
3: kept Jason Garrett for true. That but that was his boy. Jason was his boy. Mike's not. A, I mean, well, I don't know. I think he will be. I, I think Dallas is going to be decent this year, and I don't think so. I don't think he's going to get fired. But uh, do you? Let me ask you this, Paul. Now you say you're going to cheer for for when they announce Mike McCarthy. You'll, you'll if there's sixty five thousand people there. Will there be a Will there be a smattering of booze?
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean that's a lot of people, so I assume so. But my my guess is that a majority of Lambos gonna give him the standing ovation he deserves.
3: But will there? I mean, me sitting home watching it on TV, will I be? Will I hear booze? Or would my, I hear out? My guess out? is no. Okay.
2: Well, the other You're thing is, is I don't problem know problem. that there necessarily is going to be a a, po- a point in time where they're going to announce Mike McCarthy per se. Right? Oh, sure they will. It would just be like to me, it just seems like it would be he runs out on the field. Because did they announce Brett Favre when he came back as a player? It's different. He's a player, but they didn't really announce him. But he came out of the tunnel at some point, and there was a crowd reaction to it at that point. There's going to the, be the there's going to there's going to be some meatballs that are going to boo Mike McCarthy. I mean yes, I think I don't know if you'll hear it on TV, Mark, but there's meatballs that are gonna do it. I mean, that's a Super Bowl winning head coach. Regardless of whether he you like how it ended or he achieved, underachieved, overachieved, whatever it be, he he helped lead the team to a championship. To me, yes. that's 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 a hands off a on the booze. That's a hands off <laughs> on the booze. I mean, I mean something
1: like they'll show him on the jump they'll show him on the jumbotron like yeah. before the game.
2: Yep
3: you know i'm coming from philly like that where there's no doubt in my mind he would be booed yeah <laughs> that's just phil i mean there'd be some clapping but there'd be ball oh, they would they would boo they would boo they didn't wouldn't matter they booed i'm, I'm sure i'm pretty sure andy reed got booed when he came back oh yeah I'm, i guarantee it right well that's
2: that's that's a sign of affection from philly almost
3: <laughs> Almost.
2: I mean, it's not. A, they're not a feeling affectionate. I can tell you, they're not a feeling affectionate. But it's like that's that's like you know that you've made it if the Philly crowd is booing right. you out. Mark, right. were you there when? Right. The, Have I asked you true. this before? Were you Were you covering the team when the the Santa Claus boo thing happened? No,
3: God, no. I was, that. I, that was in the '60s. No, I wasn't covering the team then. <laughs> not that old. Not,
2: <laughs> I didn't. Couldn't remember when it was. I did I had no idea nah, when, was when it was. But that's you that know thing. get that was at
3: Franklin. They were. That was Franklin Field days. I'm, no, I'm not that old.
2: <laughs> okay, gotcha. Get get wild. Philly get wild so I mean at this point right now it's it's hard I was
3: there when they booed Michael Irvin when he was laying on the field yeah, yeah, I, uh, remember when yeah. I remember that yeah but they really weren't in their defense I think they were more booing Dion who was like dancing around acting like I like he was like a healer or something. It's not I don't know what the hell Dion was doing but I think they were more booing and I think they threw a flag they were booing the penalty too I think I don't know they really weren't booing that urban was hurt some I mean again some meatballs were as to use your word um but no I don't it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be
2: right well I mean it's it this was a tough one because we're recording before all of the games are known so at this point right now I mean I'm sure the stories have helped carry it, but there's more information that's known now to the audience than when we recorded. I mean, it just, it's, it gets tough, but thank goodness for the leaks, because at least we had half the (laughs) schedule to talk about because like what, you know, most of the home, home games are known. And then, you know, I, I guess the one thing I'll say is, is that, uh, you know, one of, one of my uh, friends on Twitter and Packers fan earlier today said, Hey, you can't book any hotel rooms. They're already sold out in green bay well they're not sold out so what happens because i worked in the hotel industry for a long time so what happens is is that hotels about i don't know 25 years ago they developed revenue management strategy because before that they didn't it was just like you know the the g m kind of decided what the rates were going to be, and they decided as a as a individual unit and then companies said hey we need to we need to put some strategy behind rates and optimizing and making sure that we're getting the right uh stay patterns and revenue and all that kind of stuff so what the hotels in Green Bay do over the fall is they probably black out most of the weekends uh right around this time they black it out where you can't book it for a good two to three day stretch. Until they've set their their uh, restrictions, so the number of nights you have to stay minimum and the rates, and then they'll open it up again, and then you can go on and you can book, but it won't be available for the for the couple of days because they want to make sure that they've got the right, you know. So if they're going to charge a higher rate for the Dallas game than they are for say for the Jets, for example, right? There's just a difference in demand there, so they're going to have different length of stay, different rates. They're optimizing all of that right now. They're in the lab, as they say, and then in about two or three days it'll slowly start to open back up again or you'll have some hotels like lodge kohler lodge kohler i think you have to call a direct and, and talk to somebody and there's a whole process behind trying to book that hotel so it's it's that's the thing i think that most people are anxious about with the schedule and wanting the leaks is because they want to get a jump on their travel plans and they want to make sure they've got their their lodging secured because i know you got to get tickets but with the secondary market right now The availability of tickets, I'm not saying they're gonna be cheap, but the availability of tickets is gonna be out there. You'll probably be able to get them if you're willing to pay. And then airfare, you've got a lot of options because you can fly into Milwaukee, Chicago, Green Bay, and drive if you really want to. But it's that hotel factor that is such a big piece with regards to fans. I mean, you know, Mark, when you covered the team, it was covered because, you know, you had hotels that were that were taken care of. But from the fan perspective and, you know, Paul. See, this is where
3: I also was Well, I'm interested. paper paid. I didn't pay. I, I didn't right? Care yeah. What it cost,
2: no, you did. But, but, uh, Paul, I'm interested. So, as someone lives in in Arizona in March, April, our population just like doubles, almost triples because of the weather and spring training and all that kind of stuff. So, is it noticeable on game weekends where you're just like, oh God, I'm staying in the house. There's too many people in, in Green Bay for Packers <clears throat> games.
1: Around the stadium, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, you know, I live in one of the suburbs, you know, 12, 15 minutes from the stadium. So by me no, but around Lambeau Field, absolutely. And that's even true. Um, you know, during training camp, you know, there's definitely you can tell there's an influx of people in that area on Oneida Street, you know, kind of the main strip through, you know, that part of Green Bay. So that's yeah, that's definitely accurate.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Interesting stuff, but this, it's good. It's it's good for I've the economy. To, it gets I'm people sorry. on the on the sled hill. Mark, you got to get on that sled hill at some point. <laughs> we want some video of you going down the hill.
3: The sled hill? Yeah, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I you know I've been to every. I've, I haven't been to every NFL stadium because I haven't been to some of the newer ones since I stopped. Um, you know, covering. But I've been to every NFL city, and not just because I'm a fan. But there's nothing like. I mean. Green Bay there's nothing like Green Bay nothing nothing else even compares to it I mean I I try to explain to friends of mine that are just fans but never been to never been to Lambo that that they should go because it's not it's like it's just the fact that it's like 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 the Lambo's like in the middle of a neighborhood that's not that's (laughs) not how it is anywhere else like the Meadowlands or or Philly Lincoln Financial Field or Baltimore they're not in they're they're off the highway, like, you know, they're put aside and, and which makes sense, like, you know, but, but Green Bay, it's put it this way. If, if the NFL was starting today or anytime in the last 20, 30 years, Green Bay, Wisconsin would not get an NFL team. No, there's no way in the world they would put Mm -hmm. an NFL team in a small place like Green Bay, Wisconsin. And, and, but since it's there, they're never going to take it out of there. That just a whole feeling. And, I think Packer fans, like, Paul, you you lived there like like so I don't know if you realize what you have there, like what like and what it is to to have like it's just it's like it's like nowhere else. That's all I'm gonna say. It's like nowhere else. And anybody that hasn't been to a game at Lambeau, whether you're a Packer fan or not, I know gotta most, do it. almost everyone listening to us is a Packer fan. But go, gotta it's worth it. whatever. it call, I mean, you know, I'm not telling you to you know don't don't pay your rent that month and go, but if you have some extra money. <laughs> Like if if you're planning on a if you're a football fan and you're planning on going somewhere to a game, make it a game at Lambeau. It real I mean there's nothing. It's just like Mm -hmm. baseball. I'm not a Cubs fan by any means, but going to Wrigley is something special. It is. It's better than going to anywhere else. You know, Mm -hmm. a Diamondbacks game or a Brewers game or whatever else. It's just something special. Boston and Chicago, they're 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 something special. Fenway and And
4: yeah, Lambeau is even
3: more so. Lambeau's even more. I'll, I, I, because it's because it's football and it's only one game a week and it's so more important, it's, it makes it that much better. And, I, and I'm yeah, right, that's my a rant, I'm <laughs> <laughs> That
1: was wonderful. Yeah, it's a stadium. <laughs> I still I still think it, this day get goosebumps when you walk from the concourse through the tunnel, really, like to seat area, and then you just it just opens up and you see all ambo Field. Still the the number of games is still the coolest feeling ever. And it's the the vibe on game day or heck the weekend, mm-hmm. um, but just around the stadium walking around. It's got like, if you haven't been to Lambeau for a Packers game, but you've been to like, uh, you know, your, your local college football town game, you know, if you're like a bigger, you know, Badgers, any of the bigger schools, it's kind of got that vibe to a, like a college college town vibe, uh, on game day. It's just, it's indescribable.
3: Yeah. What was your first game, Paul?
1: um, Trying to think. The one that stands out the most, they played the Rams on Monday night football, um, like regular season game. So I went to that. I think I was in, I don't know, maybe fourth or fifth grade. Um, I'd been to like some preseason games and training camp before then, but I believe that was the first like regular season one I had attended.
2: How about you, Jason? For me at Lambo, it was Bears-Packers 2002 and that was a Sunday. It was the opening of hunting season. So it was perfect. It was an overcast, slight, slight flurries, not a whole lot of snow. Um, my former high school f- uh, teammate, Mike Brown, was playing on the Bears. So I got a chance to see him play at Lambeau Field. The Packers end up winning the game. The Bears scored on a stupid fake punt. Uh, but it was just – it was – C and the G, it was live, getting get to the bars. We drove up from Milwaukee, so getting to the bars at like 6.30, 7 in the morning, and we were late. It was already packed. We were already, you know, were, there was already a lot of libations of flow. That was, that was <laughs> a cool one. That was a really, really cool game. That was my first one, and I've been fortunate. I, I think, I think I've, I'm up to 11 or 12 games at Lambeau in my entire lifetime, I try to get to one every year. And that's kind of like, you know, speaking of saving up, like that's kind of like my, my Graceland. So I save up and make a trip out of it. And right. And so this year I said, it's probably going to, it's probably going to be either the Rams or the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys, they're both in, in cold times of the year, but the Rams game is going to be really cold. Cause that's mid December. So we'll probably make it out to the, uh, to the Cowboys game for, uh, for that one, but Mark, I and I don't know if, if if you probably have told us before about your first game. I don't I don't know if you.
3: I'm looking it up now. I don't because I don't remember, either, but I remember. I think the to be honest, I think the first Eagles-Packers game I covered was it was in Milwaukee. Remember when they used to play a couple games a year in in Milwaukee.
2: Mm-hmm, Right, yeah, it kind of I hated saved. it. And both teams, and both teams were on the same sideline, which to me
3: is yeah, just really, really weird. Bizarre. Yeah, that was that was a weird play. And I and I was I, I I remember being so bummed out that like I don't want to go to Milwaukee. <laughs> There's nothing. I mean, nothing against the city of Milwaukee. Don't I like it's I it, it, it's a fun city, but I wanted to see Green Bay. So I think the first look, I'm trying to look it up here now. I think it was. Uh, I didn't go in eighty-seven because that was the strike year. And that was a strike game and I didn't I didn't go to the strike games. So I'm gonna say it may have been ninety-one.
2: Okay. Yeah. With Mikowski. Actually that might have been a, you you might end up having to to see uh, Anthony Dillwig or Blair Keel playing quarterback if Mikowski was hurt that year.
3: <laughs> it might have been. I don't I'm trying to remember. that. But I I remember going to the game and I do it like Paul said, getting the goosebumps. I just remember staring like, like just, I, I got there really early and I just wanted to walk around and, you know, I had, a I had my, my press credentials so I can go on the field. And, so, and I, and I just remember like just looking into the end zone. Now I'm again, I'm, Oh, I'm going way back. I'm not Brett Favre Packers. I'm Bart Starr Packers. So I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking in and I'm, that's, I'm, and I'm picturing Bart Starr in the ice bowl Sneaking it in from the one yard line against the Cowboys. Oh, I do that every time I go to Lambeau. Every (laughs) single time. Yeah, that was my thing. That was – and I think I – another thing that Packer fans take for granted, I think, I shouldn't – I don't want to come down to Packer fans, but the Packer Hall of Fame is better than the one in Canton. Mm -hmm. It really is. And no other team has anything like that. Not even close. Right. Nothing. I mean, the Eagles have like an honor honor roll thing. The Cowboys thing is pretty cool, but not like no. There's nothing like the Packer Hall of Fame. See, if you if don't you, so know. That's, the only, Lambo, that's the only team
2: to... Hall of Fame that I've been to, so I don't have any frame of reference. So I guess I'm glad to know that. And I know. I mean, obviously, one opinion to the next they they change. But Mark might have saved me a lot of money if I'm in another city and I'm thinking of going to another team's Hall of Fame and I'm like, geez, that was nothing compared to Green Bay's. So yeah, the Packers it's have a nice not, one. They've got it a... really is. No,
3: it's, it's I'm telling you, I think it's better than Canton.
2: Yeah, they got a nice one.
3: I really do. I mean, and Canton, nothing against Canton, but it's, again, I'm I'm partial, obviously, but still, there's some, there's some really nice stuff in that Packer Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, a little bit of schedules conversation and some Packer Hall of Fame and memory lane talk to mix in there and throw into the mix. So, before we hop off, go around the horn with what is up now and what is upcoming. Mark, we'll start with you over at Packer Report. What's up now? What's coming up?
3: Okay, what's up now is a pretty interesting story. I, I wrote about uh, Terrell Buckley. Who, uh, is a, um, mm-hmm. he, he was named one of the eight XFL coaches for next spring. And um, I was able to get a hold of him and had a nice conversation. And I talked to him about his days in Green Bay. And I know Packer fans, you know, don't have fun. Memories of him, but well, he has they, fond memories. There were some. Of, he had a couple of, of moments. Green Bay. Yeah. But I mean, he was a first, you know, he was a high pick that didn't quite pan out. He and read the story. He 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 was pretty good talking about why things didn't work, and but he but he loved he loved his time in 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 Green Bay. He really did. So that's up now, and coming later today is a look at wide receivers. It's it's kind of a dual story. It's kind of a story on what you can expect from. Christian Watson this year, and then maybe what you can also expect out of Amari Rogers this year. I I went back and looked at the the last ten wide receivers that the Packers drafted in the first three rounds prior to Watson and Rodgers, and what they did as a rookie, and then what they did their second year.
2: It's a good. And ca- it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a good it's cautionary tale for everybody who wanted how- the Packers to go crazy and get a receiver.
3: Yeah, and also like. You know, some guys took a big had a big jump. That some guys did nothing their rookie years. Like Rogers didn't do much his rookie year, but came back that second year, and had a, and put up some pretty good numbers. So, right. it's, it was just interesting to to look back and and compare and see where where they're going to fall. You know, where who, who knows? I mean, you know, right. Rogers may do nothing again, or he may be like you know Antonio Freeman, max him out.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right. And Paul, well, always the always the wordsmith. Cheesehead TV, Dairyland Express?
1: <laughs> uh, kind of the big series right now is taking a look at each of the Packers draft pick and, and the undrafted rookies. I'm going one by one, taking a look at the positional need prior to the draft, trying to project what that player's role could be as a rookie, just some stats you need to know from college, and then a few uh, pre-draft scouting reports um, from different draft analysts on that player. So I've... Around so the next one that will be uh, uh Kingsley and Nagbar. And then we'll just can keep working through that and then kind of just any sort of little news that's up this time of the year, such that's as true. an Eli Wolf
2: signing. Eli Wolf signing, yeah. So same thing. Quick Slants <laughs> podcast, have a little bit of a breakdown once the schedule is known. I'll I'll be talking about that and any other Packers news that hits over the weekend. Thanks everybody for riding along with the Thursday edition of the Pack A Day Podcast. We will be back next week. In the meantime, we're almost there. We're so close to the weekend. So everybody and the week strong, stay safe, and as always, Go Pack Go!